0: Welcome to Powered by Her, exploring the stories of how area women power their business. Here, from the growing network of female entrepreneurs of the Upper Cumberland, with your host, Tiffany Anton, Director of Biz Foundry. Powered by Her starts now. Hi, you're listening to Powered by Her in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. I'm Tiffany Anton from the Biz Foundry, and today I have Melissa Parks with me. Hi, Melissa. Hi, how are you? Good. And you are the Director of Development and...
1: Communications and
0: communications with the Upper Cumberland Habitat for Humanity.
1: That's correct.
0: So, what brought you to this point? Why <laughs> Habitat? Why a nonprofit? Sure. I mean, sure. T- t- give us a little. I mean, most people are familiar with Habitat for Humanity, I guess, I'm guessing at this point. Yes. But give us a 15 second snippet of what Habitat is and does.
1: All right. Um, Habitat for Humanity provides affordable housing. For families who just need an opportunity, um, we kind of say a hand up, not a handout. And so they purchase their home from Habitat. We build the homes. They purchase them from us um, at an affordable rate. And then the money that they pay on their mortgage goes back to build houses for other folks. And have you worked with Habitat in other areas? No, I haven't. Um, I came, my husband took a job at Livingston Regional. So we moved here from the Tampa Bay area, oh, wow. Florida, um, in 2011, and I was looking for a job. I had um, always worked with nonprofits, and um, the last job that I had was the Director of Community Affairs for Volunteers of America of Florida.
0: Okay, so a bit, I mean bigger organizations. Uh, yeah, bigger yeah.
1: organization, yeah, kind of the big umbrella organization, and then I did um, community affairs statewide. So when I came up here, I had always done social work. I'd been a social worker, worked with homeless, worked with homeless veterans, done a lot of social work stuff and um, put together programs for, you know, for those kind of disenfranchised um, folks, marginalized folks. And so I thought I would get into probably social work up here. Um, But Tennessee does things a little differently and, um, you have to have a degree in social work to be a social worker. Got it. Where in Florida, if you have a degree in some of the social sciences, psychology or something like that, sociology. So, um, so I have a master's degree in organizational management with a focus on nonprofit leadership, but that was really it. wasn't fitting. What didn't fit? No, no, and and so and they really didn't have any wiggle room. There, I mean, you literally had to have a BSW or a MSW. And in 2011,
0: eight years ago, nine years ago now, I guess um, you probably weren't thinking after a master's degree, I'm going back to school. Yet.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> you're like, not. Not. no. I was kind of like, mm, yeah, we'll you know. have to change gear, you know, yeah. switch directions, see what see what I can do. So, um, it actually took me a long time to find a job. Um, it was almost a year. We were almost a year before I started working. And I'm just. You know, very feel so grateful that Pam um, Ely reached out and was willing to take a chance on a newbie, you know, someone new to the area and everything. But I did have um, a good background in supported housing. Um, That's kind of what I did um, towards the end of my career was work with building um, supported housing programs and things like that. So it was a good housing fit. And um, so Got hired in two thousand twelve and been there since. So
0: for those people who are listening who aren't from the Upper Cumberland region, this um I, I mean, I've seen habitat in other areas, but I've never seen whole communities built by habitat. We now have a, a street that is all a habitat mm-hmm. community, soon to be Jake <laughs> <laughs>
1: Drive. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> um, but it um there's a lot of love and support for this,
1: oh my gosh. I can't
0: organization.
1: I can't even tell you how unique I believe Cookville is in the way it responds to all the nonprofits in this area.
0: I, I mean, even just the small businesses, i this this area <laughs> loves itself.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and they are willing to invest back into the community. Um, You know, having worked across the whole state of Florida and worked with different, you know, United Way and different Salvation Army and different agencies and things like that in different communities throughout Florida, um, I had a chance to see how different communities do things. And when I came here, I really was so pleasantly surprised and a little bit shocked at how well the nonprofits work together how supportive they are of each other there's not a sense of competition and you know backbiting and oh there's only so much of the pie that we can have there really is that you know our community has a lot of different needs and so we want to support all those different needs we have mm-hmm. kids who have needs and we have elderly people have needs and we have animals that have needs and um, and
0: businesses I mean and, we're a profit mm-hmm.
1: ourselves The this family right. is a nonprofit, and so you know we're helping
0: to do kind of our part so let's take me back to as a kid when you you know little Melissa what do you want to be when you grow up what what was your answer
1: um my answer was a nurse a nurse so the, you you wanted to serve I want to serve and help my, I came, I come from a long line of nurses and all my aunts were nurses and I tend to really like nurses. I like that. I like that personality of being really warm and caring, but a little snarky too. (laughs) If you know any nurses, you know that they have kind of some dark humor and they're kind of, they can be, but, but then again, they're also the one right there, you know, in the midst of the dirt and grime, right. loving and caring and, and also, treating.
0: often it's kind of a thankless job. You know, Absolutely. it's the, you're not the doctor, Mm-mm. but you're, you know, sometimes more knowledgeable or, you know, have better patient skills than the doctors. Yeah. And, um, so what made you change your course?
1: Well, I went to, started um, pre-nursing at University of South Florida and I, um, at that Please time... Please don't say it was
0: the math. Don't say it was the math. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. No, no, it really wasn't the math. Um, it just... They had a very small nursing program, and I didn't get into it. They were like, mm. There were like 50 spots and 350 applicants. Wow. Um, and that was before I think everyone realized we were going to have this horrible nursing shortage and that we should really be expanding. And so I was kind of left with, okay, you can either... Go to a two year diploma program and you'll have been in school for four years and only have two year degree, mm-hmm. or you can wait a year and reapply and then you'll have been in school five years with a four year degree. Yeah, so I kind of went like, Oh, I just need to change my major, and so I changed it to sociology. So, um,
0: did you feel at the time that that was still kind of a way for you to serve and oh, yeah, you know, kind of have that? um not necessarily patients but um patient relationship where you could kind of get involved with them and yeah
1: i you know what i look back now and i think you know thank you god i'm so grateful i didn't get into nursing school because once i had kids i realized i don't do well with blood i don't do well with emergencies like it would have been a bad bad fit yeah um but social work and um kind of being the voice of people who are ignored by society you know I can if you want to talk to me about homeless people and and veterans and pt I mean I I people know I like get on my high horse and can just take off talking about those issues
0: so yeah so you were but but it's a a cleaner job to still serve the under under um Represented, I guess, yeah. If you will, yeah. If you're just joining us, this is Melissa Parks in <clears throat> joining us in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. You're listening to Powered by Her. I'm Tiffany Anton, and uh, Melissa is the director of development and communications at the Upper Cumberland Habitat for Humanity. So you decided to kind of switch focuses, and you decided that you were going to work in nonprofits. And did you have any mentors? along the way that you felt like these people really, I want to emulate them.
1: Yeah, of course. I think we all have those folks who, even if we don't always recognize it as such, you know, they're kind of our, our mentors. Um, I think one of the people that, um, touched me and actually kind of opened up my mind to looking at, um, the way you serve in a, in a different way, um, her name is Kathy Spearman, and she was the CEO of Volunteers of America of Florida. And she's since passed away. Um, but she was like, you know, she was willing to do whatever it took to help, short of being illegal. <laughs> but even if it was unique, even if it was like not what we usually do. And and I will tell you, as a young you know, social worker, I started working as a social worker um, when I was 22, I think. And um, I can remember this one case, this gentleman came in, um, I worked at the county, we paid rent, electric, um, other utilities for, to keep people from being evicted. And um, this guy came in and he said to me, Miss Melissa, if I can have $50 to buy a pair of steel-toed boots, have a job i can start tomorrow and i'll be making enough money where you don't need to help me ever again like it's a great job i just need a pair of steel-toed boots and i looked at him and I said well how much do steel-toed boots cost now this was in the 1980s and he said they're about 50 dollars. That was a lot of money yeah. at that time and so i went to my boss and i told him and they said sorry we don't pay for steel-toed boots now, that's so short-sighted. Right. Like, we're not going to pay $50 to get you a new pair of boots. You can go to work. But we're willing to continue to pay your rent and your utilities and all that stuff for a year. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I can remember I got on the phone, called my mother, and told her about it. And she said, okay, I'll give you 50 bucks." I mean, we got the guy his boots. Yeah. But But it was that, like, bureaucracy that just couldn't see past, you know, the the thing yeah and so when I started working for Kathy Spearman and she started showing me like asking me really hard questions like is that all we can do what else could we do how could we do that what if we did that in a different way and began to say like for me to begin to think okay like the way it's been done forever doesn't have to be the way it's done which
0: I think is really important in the organization that you're you're working in now. So you, like you said, you were kind of a newcomer. You were, um, Pam took a, a, stepped out on the limb for you as mm-hmm. not knowing you, not knowing. And um, sometimes in a smaller community, it can be tough to kind of break into that. And I, I run into this myself a lot, is that I'm not kind of the same mold that everybody you know my my grandma's grandma's grandma doesn't know your grandma's grandma's grandma right? and um but then it that's where people grow and you can shake stuff up and you can think about things in a way that everybody's grandmas didn't think
1: about them right and and and, and too if you play on that um it's one thing i found out when i started dyeing my hair blonde was you can use the dumb blonde (laughs) Trope in your favor, you know, I think Dolly Parton said something like dumb blondes don't bother me because I know I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not dumb and I also know I'm not a real blonde. So <laughs> I thought that was cute, but, but, you know, also being a newcomer, you can really come into that with, I'm new. Tell me about it. Yeah. Tell me how you, know, explain, you can play on, you can use that newness to get your foot indoors. Right that you might not have been able to get in otherwise.
0: You're right. Yeah. And I think it. you can, once you get your foot in, then you can make some waves. Right, right. (laughs) You know, nothing ever gets, nothing good gets done with, isn't there, you know, kind of rebel women kind of change the world. Nothing gets changed with
1: the same old thing. Well-behaved women. Yes, yeah. Well-behaved women seldom change the world. Yes, yes. Um, But, you know, and it's true, too, like, as a nonprofit, and you know this, you have to play nice with everybody in the sandbox. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if somebody dated their your cousin, you know, 10 years ago and mm-hmm. did them wrong. Like now you have to be able to go to that business owner and be able to talk with him. So I don't have some of that baggage. Yes, I do in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't here. So, you know, so that freshness, that ability to say hey, I want to be friends with you and you and you. And I think we can all work together to do some really good stuff without worrying about our baggage.
0: Right. Yeah. And then you can kind of push, push, hopefully push the envelope. So what what do you think in the last eight, nine years that you've been with Upper Cumberland Habitat? Have you, you know, and I, I think most women are not going to take credit for things but what what kind of things have you pushed the envelope on that have um you've seen
1: changes i think it i maybe not so much me but (coughs) oh sorry um facilitating this is in the cooking on the square so Um, cooking
0: on the square for those that aren't aware is um an event that we do once a year it's the last friday in october and businesses I don't know, 50, 100? Uh, 65. 65 businesses come and cook whether it's gumbo or chili is not as much, but um Creole kind of mm-hmm. stuff um for the community. And yeah. you pay a ticket and you get unlimited food. It's one of my favorite events.
1: It's everybody's um, favorite event. It always
0: it's rained the past couple of years and been cold and but people show up just thousands of people. Yeah. So
1: um, that's one of your biggest so go so ahead. That's so that's a habitat fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes people don't even know that. They think the city puts that on or whatever. But anyway, um when I was brought in, um at one point I was told, You're gonna do cooking on the square. Falls mm-hmm. under you, makes more sense. And um so at the same time, the person who had been the chair of that committee was tired. She'd been doing it for 12 or 15 years, and she was ready to step down. And so um, Casey Overstreet.
0: Who was a previous
1: guest on the show. Okay, Casey. So go look up that, that podcast Right, <laughs> you'll know. She's a, she's a mover and a shaker. Um, she came on with Amanda Wiggin as um, co-chairs. And just the just having fresh eyes. You know, just having someone new sit in the chair and look at how it's done. And you realize that how it's always been done is not how you really need to do it. And things that didn't work 10 years ago might work now. Mm -hmm. And we really found that. And we found as we began to kind of push that envelope and, you know, and we had a committee that tended to be younger and tended to use social media in ways that I wasn't really used to and used texting and um, all those things and their contacts in a way that was really fresh and effective and new, um, which I think was just so eye-opening for me for going like, okay, we need a sponsor. Somebody goes, oh, I know so-and-so. Boom, boom, boom. They text it. Okay, he'll sponsor that.
0: Well, and I think the thing um, with organizations like this, when you're trying to to move the needle and, and, and make some changes, having, um, you, you can get stuck in like, well, this is the group of people and I know everyone in Cookville or I know everyone in my hometown or I I, I'm well connected. And then you realize it, there's people that don't, I don't know yet. And then you you get somebody new in and they have a whole nother circle of people and a whole nother circle. And then it's like, Oh wow, we can really reach, different groups that we thought we were touching already that we haven't even skimmed the first layer of. And so that's really, it's, it's kind of nice when you get, um, you know, new exciting excitement in there.
1: Yeah. And Habitat is celebrating their 25th year this year. 2020 is our twenty fourth and 25th anniversary. And so in that 25 years, there's a lot of people who've been involved, but man, we've got another 25 years to come. So we want to be getting those people you know who have never done anything with habitat just come on in you know there's yeah. room for everybody
0: yeah and and, and there's different things that c- people can get involved with Absolutely. which we're going to get to in just a second <laughs> in case you're just joining us we're you're listening to powered by her in the hints oakley podcast center i'm tiffany anton with the biz foundry and i have melissa parks from the upper cumberland habitat for humanity the director of development and communications what a mouthful!
1: <laughs> it really is.
0: Um, so, ways that people can be involved, and and one big thing that I wanted to talk about with you is the women's build. So, Habitat Inter- International, international Habitat, yeah. Yeah. Habitat International sponsors a women women's build, or are they they partner with Lowe's. Okay,
1: Lowe's um, gives out I don't even know how many, but a lot of grants. Um, we're going to be getting a five thousand dollar grant from Lowe's, um, and so. They've done this for years and years and it really does happen internationally but it's really a day a week um an opportunity for women who might be intimidated by being on the job site they've never they may never have held a hammer they may never have used a power tool um but they really would like to try they really you know have always said man I'd really like to do that but the idea of being there on a job site with a bunch of guys who know what they're doing and and you just feel a little dumb and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like, mm, you know, so, so what we do is we have this women build campaign that's going on, that's going to kick off on January 27th and we're empowering women and their friends to get together, to fundraise and then to volunteer and build a house for um, a single mom um, with three kids. And this single mom is works for the sheriff's office, Putnam County Sheriff's Office. She works really hard. And she'll be right there side by side with us.
0: What is your favorite thing about the women's build?
1: Oh, man. You know what? I love that it really encompasses women of all ages. Um, You have to be 16 to be on the job site. So the last time that we did it in this big fashion was 2017. And we had literally 16-year-olds to... 70 almost 80 year olds participating and the ones who raised the most money was our team of older ladies and it was amazing
0: and they got they just got really into it and they did well and i think for for me you know i'm a homeowner and so there's times where it's like well I, you know i have a hammered <laughs> what well, I, I could maybe sort of fix this thing but but when i do get that you know, I was having drains that weren't weren't working properly. They said, Well, did you did you clean out the traps? Well, I don't know how to do that. You just gotta unscrew this, unscrew that. Oh, okay. And and now YouTube is around. There it's right. it's amazing the things that you can do if you believe in yourself. And then when you get them done, you think, I did that. Like yes. that, that's It's really awesome.
1: empowering. And we partner with Lowe's. Um, it'll be on March the sixth this year Um, and we do a workshop with them and Lowe's provides the wood it's a free workshop I think last time we had about 18 women who came out a couple hours on an evening and they build a project and last time they built these really cool kind of ladders quilt ladders where you can lean them against the wall yeah Yeah, they're decorative and I think they built three of them and then we sold them in the restore Mm -hmm. to come back in to fund the women build, but they were there with the, you know, that um, powered um, drill. It Uh like sounds like a jackhammer. I mean, it's like, Uh you know, they learned how to use that. They learned how to use the chop saw. They actually learned how to measure. Sometimes a tape measure is a little intimidating when someone says, you know, I need a six and three quarters inch piece of wood. And you're like, oh, fractions, you know, like, but six and three quarters is really easy to figure out. Yeah. It, but a lot of people have never even been shown that right you know that whole hands-on
0: well and I think um I mean that's a whole other tangent but I mentioned the math thing early I used to teach high school math and math math phobia is is real
1: it is real. <laughs> and
0: so um people just get real intimidated by numbers and math in general so yeah. I,
1: it's true yeah. I'm one <laughs> I say all the time I'm the only development person who doesn't know how to do math you know I'm just <laughs> I just let someone else count it.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what are some difficulties, I guess, with the women's bill? What are some things that need, you've seen um, women struggle with, or
1: that that maybe in the future could be changed? Um, I think one of the difficulties is that women tend to want to help. They 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 want to be a part. They want to do things. But so many people find the idea of fundraising intimidating or um, they have a negative connotation in their head about fundraising.
0: Let's talk about that for a second, because it's so true. It is. And um, my viewpoint, the way I look at fundraising, because I'm in a nonprofit, I got to do it a lot my kids just came home with another sheet of things they want to fundraise and i kind of feel like if you learn it now there's always things to fundraise for and there's always you know doing something bigger than yourself and doing mm-hmm, good for others mm-hmm. is always um, helpful i always think i'm giving somebody an opportunity to do something bigger than themselves and to do, do do good in the world and they can say no and that's a, and it doesn't hurt my feelings but i'm giving them an opportunity Right, And so that's kind of how I look at it, I guess. Do you have any insight of, of your?
1: I tell you what, I, I can get really passionate on this subject. Um, number one, because as a Christian and working for a ministry, because Habitat is a Christian ministry, there's enough for everyone. There is enough in this world for us all. We just have to realize there is enough and we don't have to be afraid. Um, that's number one. Number two. We all have things we're passionate about. Um, And for me, you know, it's affordable housing. And for you, it might be animals. It might be um, the ocean, cleaning the ocean. Might be blood
0: drives. (laughs) Might be blood drives,
1: right? But I say to groups all the time, but you don't get to do nothing. You have to do something. It's the rent you pay for living on this earth. And so... If you're not passionate about my thing, that's cool. Say no. But you got to figure out what it is you love and then embrace that and be a part of that and support that. Yeah. Because we can't all support everything, you Some know? Some people try. I know, I know. And we try to help people set boundaries. But yes. for someone else's nonprofit, not for mine, Tiffany. So, um, but But truly, that idea that... I am inviting you to be part of something that really gets me excited. Yeah. And part, part of something that has changed my life, has impacted the way I look at the world, you know, has has done things in our community that are nothing but great, great things. And so when people never use those words like twist an arm or beg, yeah. like those words need to be taken out of your out of your vocabulary and And, thought process too.
0: Cause even if you're not saying them, if you're putting that negativity um, into your brain and into your thought process, it's going to come across to other people.
1: Right. And you know, Clarence Jordan is a pastor who had the first idea about Habitat. Millard Fuller actually started it, but Clarence Jordan wrote this manifesto, a letter. And in it, he said, What the poor need are co workers, not caseworkers. And what the wealthy need is an honorable way to divest themselves of their excess. Hmm. And I love that. I get goose, I've got goosebumps right now saying it because I think when you don't find an honorable way to use your excess, you then can become a really bitter selfish person Mm -hmm. because when you have enough and then you have extra like sharing it it opens you up it opens your life up it it allows what you have to go touch others and I think it has a a real tangible difference in your spirit
0: I think it and I think it kind of all comes back around you know It, it all comes back in the way it should and so um you know, I don't think you'll ever feel bad for giving. No, and 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 I'm not just saying giving financially. I'm giving time. Um, my my first, probably my first interaction, really with Habitat was that I got to go make bowls. Right, <laughs> I was right. going I back to that. my like roots of you know high school ceramics class, and I got to throw bowls, and I I loved just. Being able to go back and kind of feed my creative soul, which I I pretend I don't have a creative soul at all, but you know, and and it was a way to give. It was you know a couple hours of my time. I had a little baby at the time, and so um that that was what yeah. I could do. And yeah. so um you know I think people get stuck in like the financial aspect of uh-huh. giving, and there's just so many ways. One of my passions is blood donation, and it's like this doesn't cost you anything. It costs you some time, but Um, you know, it's a, it's a way to give. Absolutely. And so I think, um, thinking outside the box, I think that's a little bit of this, your your analogy with the guy with the shoes of like, well, I need these steel toe boots. Well, we don't do that. So it's like, well, I'm asking you to to donate. Well, I can't donate. So there's, you know, nothing, no way I can help you. And it's like, there's always, there's always some
1: way to give and there's always some way to, to do good. Well, and sometimes just opening the door to somebody else, like you say, oh, I can't give. But my uncle owns this business and they might be able to give you some construction, you know, materials for a big discount. Yeah. You know, just opening that door That's, yeah. to, you know, to the people, you know, and to the experiences. And, you know, I just think that doing that begins to soften your heart and you begin to see that life is really about what you can give and how you can help and how you can um even little little things can have big for sure yeah big impact it's big impact yeah yeah well
0: So how can people, to to shameless plug from my end, um, I do have a Powered by Her women's build team. So it's made of the women that have been guests on the the podcast so far. So um, we're 10 strong right now. Hopefully we'll get a few more. But um, how can people donate to if they want to donate or join a team or register their own team? If you want to donate, donate to the Powered by Her team. That's
1: right. That's right. (laughs) But Um, if you will go to www.uchabitat.org, when that landing page, the middle tab says Women Build 2020, click on that tab and it'll tell you all about Women Build. It'll show what you need to do. To you can go register to the your page. own team.
0: You can register as an individual. You can click on the Powered by Her logo and, and get, the get Powered it to by them. Her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if it, we would love to have you be a part of it, um, I'm, or you can uh, give me a call
1: and I can help you with all of that.
0: There you stuff. go. And and Melissa Parks at Habitat for Humanity Upper Cumberland Habitat for Humanity. Any other ways? Do you, are you guys on? You're
1: on social media. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, we have a Women Build Facebook page, but we also just have the Upper Cumberland Habitat Facebook page. Um, we have Instagram. Um, you know, are you on LinkedIn? Melissa? I am on LinkedIn. Okay, as a matter so people of can
0: connect with you on LinkedIn if they yeah. want to find you there. Um, any other last parting words?
1: I think that I just want to say, you know, how grateful I am to this community and how grateful I am to the women who came to those three luncheons that we held um, to talk about women. Bill, we had almost ninety women show up and and come and want to learn more. And I just feel like this community is full of people who have big hearts and I'm so grateful.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on our show. You've listened to Powered by Her in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Powered by Her. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.